0: The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. I have three verses that I want us to start out looking at, and then we'll get into what we're talking about. Psalms thirty-four, eighteen, and they'll put it up here. And, and I love... This verse, and this is from the message, and and I don't know, old school, new school. Uh, I love the King James version, but we're going to go ahead and use the message because I think it relates really well. It says, "If your heart is broken, you'll find God right there, and if you're kicked in the gut, He'll help you catch your breath." I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been uh, kicked in the gut in life, but. I love the fact that we read a Bible that understands where we live. First uh, Colossians 1, chapter 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and um, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, for whom we have rede- redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins. And I've got one more for you that I want to read and then we'll tie all this together. 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 14 and 15. Get along amongst yourselves, each of you doing your part. Our counsel is that you would warn the freeloaders to get moving on. and Come on. <laughs> we could stay there all day, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. Something. <laughs> um, gently encouraging the stragglers Reaching out to the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Okay? Be patient with each person. Attentive to the individual needs. And be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, come on church people, come on, come on, you don't snap at each other. Oh, that one's for me. Look for, the, look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. And so I just want to talk a little bit about these verses. I don't know about you, but I love a good story. And so today what I want to talk about is that everyone has a story. And we're going to do a five-week series series on stories and I want to talk about everybody has a story. Now, I don't know about you, but I love stories. I love hearing a story. I love getting involved. And when I hear a story, I'm just not like hearing it, like hearing it, but I'm like in it. I'm the characters. You understand what I'm saying? I am the background. I know what's going on. And so if you are, are are married, have a relationship, have any type of relationship in your life where they communicate stories to you, there are, there are fouls in stories storytelling and conversation and the fouls are this you cannot get interrupted by a text Or a Facebook message or a child when you're in the middle of a story come on somebody because what happens is you start to talk and so my wife she will tell me this story about an individual about something about something the kid did and so she will start talking about what the teacher said hey Stephen I need to talk to you about what the teacher said and so I'm I'm there and so she starts framing up the context of the conversation. And she's like, so here's what they, and they said, and then Trevor did, or, or one of the ch- children, they did this. And all of a sudden, we're like at the climax of the whole reason she's telling me this story. And all of a sudden, there's a text. And I don't know about you. But I have an emotion about that. Because I'm in the story. You can't stop the story. Like that is a relational foul. Woo! Call somebody. Get the ref in here. Because you, you you threw a pass and then the ball just went away. Like, like you can't. You can't do that in conference. So I'm like, and so sh- I'll always say, can we, can we reach the text? Can we read it later? Can we talk like Can we, but I have to, and I'm sitting there just involved in this story. And, and, and I don't, I don't, maybe that's not you, but, but uh, I'll tell you when the phone rings or the, or, the, or the text goes off, if you're in the middle of a story, finish your story. Not only that, but I love movies. I do. I love movies, and and um, I, I realize that we have all different cultures and all different uh, ages here. And you may be someone that, oh, why waste your money on a movie? Eleven dollars going straight to hell. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know what your idea of going to the movies does. Uh, and I understand that probably going to the movies will not, uh, make me rich, but, but the reality is I just like a movie. I just like to go see a movie. And, and, and the weird thing is this, and and you you may be totally turned off by me, but, but I, I love going by myself because all the time I'm talking to people I'm doing. And so there are times that I just want to go to the movie by myself because here's the thing is I, I do like some people go to the movies and they want to like talk in the movies you know you what I'm saying? They want to talk and like they want to have a conversation. Like if you're in a movie and they're like, "Oh no, run!" Don't. And people are just talking, and I'm like, "That's not why you go to a movie. It's dark. There's one visual place. We're all looking one way. The reason they sell you food is so you don't talk. Just why?" And. And so I love just sitting in the movie and just get, and I try to figure, I don't know about I, I try to figure out the plot, who's the bad guy, who's the, uh, and so my wife is like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I saw it coming. <laughs> I, I'm nudging her and I'm telling you, okay, that's the bad guy. And she's like, what, no, <gasps> that is. I mean, I'm, 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 not, I'm not going to the movie to be entertained. I'm going to figure out the plot before the end of the movie, because it's a game. You know? I just, I'm I'm involved in the story. And listen, I I don't know what scene you're currently in. But I'll tell you this, that um, God, God loves you and God has a plan for your life. And it's very easy to be in a scene in your life that, you know, what isn't really exciting. Uh, Maybe it's a scene of adversity. Maybe it's a scene of, of, of major climax. Maybe it's a scene where, you know, you're trying to get this life, this new situation, this new season in your life started. And I want to tell you that um, don't you wish that life had chapters and verses and it all followed this easy storyline. But the reality is sometimes life can have a lot of different turns and, and before you know it, you don't even know what chapter you're in, how this story is going to, and you're just hoping that, okay, this thing fig, this thing ends well. I'm hoping this thing ends well. And, and I, I think as we start to talk about stories, the reality is that some people are in the middle of a really great story and some people are in the middle of a hard story. But I think God has compassion on both and both are vital to you growing and becoming what God has you to be. You know, I am I, also, uh, I'm understanding that today is September 11th and we celebrate 15 years of what happened and all the people who heroically ran toward helping people and how this day 15 years ago changed people's story. You know, and so as we start to dive into the fact that there are stories and some stories don't just work out the way we plan it on a, a spreadsheet or uh, in our Microsoft documents. You know, and so how do we deal with a changing story and how do we deal with adversity and how do we do, deal with people who felt we feel like changed or altered our story? And as I was thinking about this, I, I, I started to think about how in real life it, it would be more convenient if we just followed the simple path and understood every obstacle. But the reality is when adversity comes, when hardship comes, when struggle comes, that's when we start to ask hard questions. And that's when we demand, God, where were you? And all these conversations come about, like if God was so good, why do bad things happen? And and, and we're all dealing with thoughts. And, And so here's the thing that I want you to understand is as a believer, we see it different than the world sees it. See an agnostic, an atheist, someone who doesn't even know God, whatever their background was, however they got there, they see life as this is it. There was no rhyme or reason of how it all came about, but we have it. And when we lose it, it's over. But a believer sees that this is just act one, baby. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, does that make sense? We're going through this to learn some things. We're going through this to, to, to understand who God is. We're going through this to meet God. And God is, has this love story where in the Bible it says that Jesus came and He knocks on the door of your heart. And this whole idea of birth and coming into life is so that your story would connect with His story and it would lead you to a different ending. As we start to think about your story, I want to talk about three things today, three thoughts that you should probably consider when thinking about your own personal story. First of all is this, the first thing that I I want to let you know is that your story is important. Your story is important. And, and, and it's very easy for us to compare one story with another and to try to live vicariously through other people. And it's very easy for us to want to compare our lives or what we're driving with someone is someone driving or our favor and their favor. But can I tell you this? That even though you may not know it in this moment, God has you on a divine timetable and everything that's happened in your life is for you to know Him. Well, Stephen, I understand that, but you don't know the pain and the things that I've gone through. And if God was good, then and He was all-knowing and all-powerful and omnipresent, if He could be anywhere and everywhere at all one time, then why would God allow certain things? I was in church, and this happened. My, my, my mom grew up in church, and then she got cancer. Uh, you know what? We, we, this happened, and we've, done, we've almost done everything right. And can I tell you that, you know, we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And, and, and if we were to go throughout the Bible and walk through it and, and see... You have to start with how you interpret life and how you interpret. See, I interpret life through scriptures. And so if you don't interpret your life and everything that's happening through the context of the Bible, then you're going to come up on a different ending. It's like changing the melody of your song. And so as we talk about this, what we need to see is that in life there is pain, in life there is moments, in life there is struggle, but all of that was to lead you to God, not destroy your life. Right, right. Come on, if we really had a God that never caused us to have bad days, and, and listen, maybe some in this room have had some very hard things happen in life, unspeakable things with parents and brothers and sisters and cousins and people passing away, and, and, and that... that's hard. And the Bible is very clear for those that are working through a problem, those who are dealing with this heartache. The Bible says, mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. But the reality is this. If God caught every bad act before it happened, then here's what would happen. Is we people would get to the place where we would just expect Him to work, but would never love Him or know Him or or appreciate Him because we would take Him for granted. That's the reality. Come on, my kids no longer. We have four kids, and they don't go, Man, Mom, this this food. Can I just tell you something? I know in other parts of the country, people aren't even eating this good. I mean, the, the the taste, the texture, the time, the fact that we you 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 spent your money. Do I just I just want to stand up, <laughs> mom? <laughs> props to you. I'm so gra- no anything that people do continually. Come on, we take for granted. We take for granted. It's very easy for us to take to, to, for granted our parents. It's very easy for us to take for granted our brothers and sisters. It's very easy to for, take for granted the people in our lives. And you know what? All we see as we go through life is what people don't do well. And we become critics. Come on. It, it's very easy for us to be, oh, well, my sister. Well, my brother. Well, my parents. And before, and, and we, when we forget the time that you were alone and the only reason you had fun as a child is because someone threw you a ball. That was the crazy sister. Amen. You know what I'm saying? That, that, you didn't ride your bikes alone. You were singing and someone was singing with you. You know what I'm saying? And, and the reality is, yes, there are terrible hard moments. There are moments when you feel like, just like we read, where you get kicked in the gut. But those moments, in those moments you can turn away and be frustrated and mad that you feel like God did not end up, God did not keep His end of the bargain, or or the idea, or the commitment, or you can say, you know what God, in this moment of hardship, I'm gonna run to you, and I'm gonna know you, and I'm gonna know you even more than I did when my life was perfect, And I had the job of my dreams, the marriage of my dreams, the house of my dreams. Come on, somebody. It's in adversity that you find out what's inside you. Everybody's happy when every bill's paid. Everyone's happy when the kids are doing exactly what you want them to do. Everyone's happy when everybody has a clean bill of... Everyone's happy when... But it's in those times when something happens that we can't control, that we're squeezed a little and it finds out what's really in us. Do we leave? Do we believe that for real? And can I tell you? Your story is important, your background, your experience, what you've overcome, the pain, the hurt, the victories. Come on, I'm not trying to make this just a downer. Some of you have had incredible victories. You've overcome some incredible odds. People told you you would never make it, and you made it. Dear God, you're still breathing. Come on, somebody. You had the teacher in the third grade that was like, if you live to be 16, it'll be a miracle. And you're like, I'm 30. Yeah, I mean, so, so, yeah. Listen, our story helps us to be understanding, approachable, yes, authentic. Right. It teaches you that you can't live life alone. No matter how you try, no matter how you think, I can do it myself. You can't, you can't just do it yourself. There are people that you need in your life. And, there, and, and another thing that your story teaches us is that you don't get to control everything. You don't get to control. Come on. If we could control everybody else's responses, if we control everybody else's actions, if we could control how everybody else voted, if we can control, come on, if we could just control everything, man, life would be so great. But the reality is you can't. And so, how do we navigate our story and be the people that encourage people along the way, help people grow, develop, and do without feeling like I'm going to take my ball and leave if you don't do what I want. Come on. Your story is important. And God has something for you to do with your story. Like it's just not something happening to you. It's going to be something that's happening through you. And so here's the thing. When you're walking through it, you think, how in the world am I going to use this? But all of a sudden... You begin to submit and grow closer to the Lord, and all of a sudden, He gives you a platform to use some of the darkest times in your life. And let me just tell you, coming from someone who was adopted from a foster home, parents got divorced, lived in low-income housing. I can't tell you how many young people, how many college students, how many people I have looked at and seen them crying because my adversity—it was hard. I mean, there were nights I was crying. We lived out in uh, close to Beeville, Texas, and come on, at night, it was like 95 degrees. No air condition. Living in low-income apartments. Had nothing. But you know what? Here's the thing. It's in those moments when your plan doesn't go the way you think it should go, that you'll find God And he'll do something more incredible than what you ever thought, what you could ever imagine. Come on, somebody. He'll take it to another level. And listen, what if your plan really was so beneath his plan that he's got a whole other level of influence and wisdom and opportunity for you? The second thing that I want to talk about is this. We've got to recognize the characters in the story. When, when you're watching a movie, you're always trying to figure out who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. And no, don't you love hate the movies that have the twisting plot that you thought the good guy was the good guy and you're cheering for the good guy the whole time, but then he's the bad guy and you're like, oh man, I liked him. He was the best bad guy I've ever seen. You know, what I'm man, the reality is this we've got to know the characters in this story. And here's what I want to tell you the story. And this, is going, this may be surprising you, but the story, your story, is not about you. It's not about you. It's not about how you feel. And, and, it's, and in a culture that everybody is oversensitive about everything, it is all about us, and it's all about how you treat me, and it's all about what you assume about me, and it's all about how you judged me. And, it, and listen, can I tell you that our life, while we live it and we're responsible over it, we are not the main theme in our life. We're not the main theme in our life. And as soon as we understand that, life gets easier and we live less offended and we live less broken because it's not about me anyway. It's not about if I got this call or that call. It's not about who got promoted over me. See, if I understand that God is the main character of the story and my life is about knowing Him, then He is the one that rises me up. He is the one that gives me increase. He is the one that develops me and puts my feet on firm ground. If it's my boss, then... Then it's different. See, if it's my boss who promotes, then I have to play the game and I have to watch my morals. I have to watch who I am in his presence. I have to, I don't want to manipulate, but I have to leave out certain details and play the corporate game and play, climb the ladder. But if God is it, the Bible says that God sees me and knows me. Like he knows what's in here. And is it pleasing to his sight? We already know that God loves you, and so we have this problem, especially in church culture where it's like, God loves us, but what if God is not always pleased with us? (laughs) See the reality is, I love my kids, I'll do anything for my kids, but there are times that their attitude or their response, come on somebody, or or the way they handled that action does not please their father. And it's about to have to get real up in the Sexton house because let me tell you something, there are two people that you need to please in this house and it ain't your sister and brother. It's mom and dad. And so I love you, but you're not pleasing me right now. Come on. I believe that God loves us and cares about us and wants the best for us and he will never withhold his love from you. But come on. Has that story, that adversity, the people in your life, totally discouraged and taken you out? Or is it causing you to move forward and do what God's called you to do? In Revelations 12.10, it says this. Let's look at this. Revelations 12.10. It says, Then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accuses them before God day and night, has been cast down. See, there are two main characters in all of our stories that you need to understand. And they're both trying to to cause you to submit to the plan that they have for you. There is the enemy. Go back and put that verse back up real quick. The enemy, the devil, and, and, and I realize that especially uh, in a non denominational church, uh, we, we tend to blame the devil for everything. You know what I'm saying? I had a flat tire. Well oh, the enemy was against me. No, you drove. And when you drive when you drive tires, they go flat. You know what I'm saying? Well, whew, the enemy was against me today, Brother Stephen. Really? What, what happened? Oh, sh- we ran out of cereal. I mean... <laughs> Thus saith God, eat less. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just... Yeah, uh, and so I do realize that sometimes we put too many things and we make the devil too big in our life. Yep. But there is an accuser of the brethren who is trying to always bring to you your mistake, your failure, your misstep, how you should have done it, who you should have trusted, why that happened. And they are, and he is constantly bringing to your mind how you failed, how you're not good enough, how that should have never happened. How, how you know what the reason? The reason that this happened is because, and it will always. The devil will always make you the focus of your life. He'll always make you the focus because the devil's not going to come at you and go, "Hey, what's up? I'm the devil. I do really bad stuff. I'm about to mess up your life. It's going to be really bad." You know what I'm saying? My goal when we're done is that you're broke. Busted, divorced, hate your life, and, you know, uh, that's my goal. No, he's going to be in the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. He is going to be someone. All of a sudden, you're, you're driving and you have these thoughts about how, how inadequate you are. Yeah. Who do you think that thought, where do you think that came from? Like, you didn't wake up today thinking, I'm inadequate, but yet that thought won't leave. Yeah. You... You, that, that thought of um, uh, wanting to do something wrong that you know is wrong, but I'm drawn to it. Like a, like a pursuing, like a pushing. The Bible does say that we're tempted and enticed by the lust that's in our own life. But come on, the devil is always trying to drop a little thought in you about going and chasing something that will never produce anything in your life. Uh-huh. Can I tell you, you need to recognize the real characters in the story. And there is a devil. that he is an accuser. He wants to kill, till, steal, and destroy. That is what's on his resume. That is his M.O. And he wants to make sure that you walk away from church, that you walk away from God, that you walk away from relationships, and that you isolate yourself and try to do it all on your own. Yep. And, and, and I don't know how many of you have ever, uh, I, I like action movies. So my top three are action movies, uh, funny movies. And then um, I, I think my third, I don't know if I have a second, third. I just have two. Uh, action and funny. So that's kind of where I'm at. My wife, drama. I do. I, that's a third one because I, am, I, uh, uh, <laughs> I give her one out of five. Uh, but, but anyway, but the reality is, is this is if we don't know the main characters of the story, then it'll be about our mom, it'll be about our, our spouse, it'll be about our kids, yeah. it'll be about our pastor, it'll be about our, our last church, it'll be, about, it'll be about everybody else. And so we'll try to find a culprit for the reason that we're in the yeah. situation and we'll be blaming everybody else, but, but missing who the real culprit, the antagonist, the accuser really is. And that's the enemy. And we have to be very careful that we don't demand in someone else what we're not willing to do ourselves. Because the reality is the accuser can come and he can get you just like he got them. Yeah. That's the real. And And so as we look through this, there's also in this story a force of redemption. Uh, someone who fights for us and, and moves for us and and in Revelations three twenty it says this in Revelations three twenty it says behold I stand at the door and knock and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come to him dine with him and he with me. We can follow up this verse by John chapter three verse sixteen. For God so loved the earth the world that he gave his only Son. That whoever believes in Him would have eternal life. Come on. Listen, there are two, two main characters in your life. And one is trying to discourage you and, and, and call out all of your inabilities. And the other one is trying to come into your life and change it from the inside out. And doesn't care how you look at this moment spiritually, but wants to come in there, clean it up. Now, let me, I want to talk about cleaning it up. Because the reality is a lot of people want the free gift, but they don't want to change. And there's got to be transformation. See, you can't stay where you're at. You can't stay there. You listen. You may come in broke. You may come in busted. You may come in on your last limb. But come on, as the as the word gets in you, and Jesus starts moving in your life, the stories start to change, and all of a sudden, it looks like where I'm going, not where I've been. That's right. Yes. That's important. The first thing I want you to see is that every story is important. The second thing is recognize the characters in your story. And the third, and I'm going to end with this, is redemption happens when His story meets your story. That's when redemption happens. Come on, you've got to get into His story and His story will transform your story. His story, well, well, are you saying that once I know God, it'll make it better? Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, so how exactly will it be better? You'll be more healthy in your spirit, in your mind. Come on, you'll be less angry and less bitter and holding less. Come on, some people need to be free. It's amazing how many people come in and just do a church service as some sort of therapeutic uh, spiritual massage, but God doesn't want to massage you. He wants to change you. God... And Dr. Phil are two totally different people. And God wants to come in and take that sting. And the Bible says that he can take broken things and make them beautiful. Where could you be? What could you do? I see people in church that are scared of marriage because of what they came through as a child. I see people who, who every time they step into a little bit of success, they do something unknowingly to sabotage it because there was a cycle of defeat that they grew up in. And what I am telling you is that God has a story that's going to unlock your potential and your capacity. Yeah. Everyone has a story. As we were... Um, moving through the last couple weeks, really thinking about this. And um, uh, I was like, okay, God, how can I really connect all this together? And I, I love the story of, of Ben and Crystal. And, and I, and I want to tell you that, that we believe that God can take you where you're at. And in a year from now, something will happen in you where you will be more stable than you've ever been because you will not find just people and you will not find just church, but you will find a rock that is solid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it is on that rock that everything in your life will change. Yeah. <laughs> this week we had a storm. I don't know if y'all y'all heard about the storm, but a big storm came in here um, Thursday. And uh, I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday. And, uh, man, trees were down, things... If you went down the road, there was a trampoline that was like wrapped around a, a, a pole. I mean, mailboxes were down. It, I mean, it, we got a lot of wind. We got a lot of rain. And so, um, uh, one of our church people were coming by the church and they shot me a picture and they said, Man, a bunch of trees were down. And, man, trees were down everywhere. Uh, two huge limbs, uh, like, a, like a tree. And, um, and so, I was, I was like... Man, they sent me the picture, I came, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, God, come on. You know what I'm saying? I was like, God, listen, the church has got down trees, and the bar don't got down under- trees. And, and I was like, God. And uh, he was like, the bar didn't plant uh, Bradford pear trees either. <laughs> you know, it's all, man. And uh, I was like, I don't have time for this. I got way too much stuff to do called a man uh, in our church and begged him for my chain a chainsaw and he said yes and I was over there starting to cut and Abel comes up and says uh, hey man let me help you and man this thing turned all day all day and I'm cutting and he's cutting he cut more than I cut uh, and 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 um, and, uh, and I loaded so I loaded my trailer and my truck and you know, after the first haul, it was like, man, it's going to be all day. And I had meetings and things that I needed to do. and So I'm just having one of those moments, you know, where it's like, God, <laughs> you said it would be easier. <laughs> you know, and so I'm like, you know. And so right there, I'm driving down uh, Hudson. And this truck passes me with this older man in it. he's got all these tree limbs in his truck and it's a huge truck and so I I mean literally I pray this prayer God you're gonna have to send me some help and like two minutes later this dude and so I'm honking I'm swerving and the guy's looking at me I'm like pull over and uh and uh we pull over he gets out of the truck and he's like everything okay and I was like I prayed for you and he's like but I was like, yeah, I prayed for you. He was like, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I got these trees down. I've got like four loads. Uh, I, it's like four o'clock, almost 3.30. And I'm like, I, I got to get all this done. How much would you charge me to finish taking the limbs? We've cut them all. They're all cut. Would you just haul them off? And he was like, well, you just tell me a price. And I was like, no, nah, you tell me. And we went back and forth. So he said, all right, I'll I'll do it for, I was like $70 or $75. And and so we both went, dumped our stuff, and he came back. And so as I'm pulling up, he's already back. And this man is, this man's name is Walter. 70 years old. 75. 75 years old. Been doing cutting down trees for 40 years. And he starts to preach. I'm talking about, you see that truck I got? Yeah. God gave me that truck. I'm like, what? And he's like, no, God gave me that truck. He said, you know what, uh, about 15, 10 years ago, I, I had to take on uh, and raise my grandkids and uh, I needed to make some more money and God just, God blessed me with a truck and now I'm able to make the money I need to support my family. I've got, I've got one more grandkid in high school and uh, you know, he graduates and, and a- a- every morning I'm praying with them, and I, I'm t- speaking what God has in their life, and you know they've had a hard life. They they don't know much about their parents, but but God blessed the, me with them, and I'm, it was hard at first. And while he's just going on, and I'm like getting tree limbs, <laughs> and, and I'm just hearing this guy's story, and it, it's it's phenomenal. He I think in a month he celebrates 50 years of marriage, and uh, his he grew up his dad uh was an alcoholic and uh but but his mom every morning prayed for him and read him a scripture verse and he he's he's in church and loving god and and i just thought in this moment as i'm starting to talk about stories i thought god is so good to give me this story and this man everything right did not happen in his life but his perspective was right and can I tell you the one thing that you can control in your life is your perspective are you a victim of life or do you walk in victory and one of the reasons that I feel like the church as a whole is looked at like we're not relevant is because we claim a God who is victorious but we act like victims and the reality is we should look like our Father. We should look like our Father. We should look like, guess what, my days aren't going great but I don't need to see it all over Facebook. My my, my day may not be going great but I don't need to wear it on my face. My day might, well you know Stephen I'm just real. God never called us to be real. He called us to be authentic. That's That's right. He didn't call you to be real. He called you to believe what you cannot see. Come on, somebody. He called you to speak to this thing and not determine based on how you feel. But he said, you walk in faith. And I'm here to tell you that everybody has a story. And it is my heart and it's the heart of this church that you would not be a victim. But you would walk in victory. You would walk in victory. You got to stand up with me. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.